my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. You've got Jeff and Marissa today. Marissa, how are you? Where are you? I am wonderful. I'm in Sri Lanka, and it is honestly one of my favorite. I, like, I, I keep wanting to say this is my new favorite country in the world. Country number, Whoa. I think it's number 77 for me. And that is, that is a very bold statement for me because all countries are different. There's a couple I also, that are also way up there, but... I don't know. This might be my new favorite country. I really love it here. Where are you and how are you? I, I got to be honest. I didn't see Sri Lanka coming up on your bingo card. I honestly no? didn't think that was going to be. No, not, I didn't realize that was that was on your list, nor did I realize that was going to be a spot that really resonated with you. So that's oh, interesting. I always what's, what's knew grabbing that you? it would. Yeah. So oh. what well, we talked about before in the episode where we talked about our five locations we lived for different times. And Diego oh. and I were saying, so our friend Danielle, who's been on the podcast, she's one of my best travel friends. This has been a place where she's come several times now and just fallen in love with the country and the place and everything about it. And she and I have the exact same travel style, like match for match. We always like the same things for the same reasons. So I knew I would love it because of her. And I'm here with her now and a couple of other friends. But what do I, so what do I love about it? It is an island, a pretty big island, surrounded by water. I've been living on the beach with like no walls on my home. I'm in a co-working space now, so you can see some colorful walls. But it's been like open air, showers outside, like monkeys coming in to steal my stuff in the shower, frogs that in my bathroom every you. night. I, <laughs> I'm just like living in a jungle. Yes. Yeah, um, and I then get on it top of okay. that, to me, it almost feels okay. So it's very different than Bali, like the Balinese people and their sort of feelings. But it's, I feel like it's Bali has been a lot run over by digital nomads and, and expats and tourists and that sort of thing. And Sri Lanka is a little bit more untouched. Like there's a lot of digital nomads mm. here, but they're it's not the same sort of takeover it feels that Bali has. So it's it's newer. I'm like, I want to tell you I love it, but That's like nobody so come. <laughs> And honestly, you know, I'm like weird about energy of places, but this feels just like the most peaceful, amazing energy here. You know, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm like the witchy woo and, and energy talk, but it just feels good. That's all I can say. So there's many reasons, but those are just a couple so far. And it's got the Asia, you know, super, like really good food. Everyone's riding a scooter. You ride tuk tuks around. Like it's, it's been really mm-hmm. cool. So yeah. It's really good to hear that up. it's not run over because it's, you know, having, been to Colombia so many times recently, Mexico City, Cape Town. It's just it's, a lot of these places really are getting run over. It's getting harder yeah. and harder to fight. We might have to do a whole podcast <laughs> on hidden hidden Complete. hidden gems. Yeah, digital nomad like hidden, hidden gems. gems that don't that would tell be anyone. <laughs> it would. Yeah. This yeah. Is right. I, our podcast is getting too big. To, to I know, share like, secrets. I almost like <laughs> tell, but yeah, we should do the hidden gems and also maybe an update podcast on locations that were once, you know, once amazing and now are sort of taken over and not as yeah. amazing anymore for that reason. But I guess it's, it's just kind of what happens in the world. I struggle, I struggle with it because I'm, you know, we're part of the problem as well. I, I am one of those people, but 
I guess that's always the case with everything, even if it's restaurants, right? If you're a restaurant in your home, yeah. it's like no one knows about it. It's so cool. And then it gets taken over and there's a line out the door and you have to find the new, you know, cool restaurant. So it's the same with, you know, countries, cities, towns, places, you know, even in Bali, you can go to other places that aren't the main two places where everyone lives. So I suppose right. it's part of life. But anyway, I guess the short story is I am absolutely, absolutely, absolutely loving Sri Lanka. I never want to leave. And yeah, that's that. But tell me where you're back in the States, I believe. What's happening there? Yeah, back at home. I, I was on the road for a good four months and just yeah. wanted to, you know, I do like Digital Nomad about eight months a year or so thereabouts. And I come home because I, I want to see Charlie, I want to see my dog, just do a little recharge, you know, get back into the home routine kind of thing, see family. So I'm doing that for a month and then just decided I'm going to finally do Antigua next month. Oh, that's new. Uh, I'm super pumped. Yeah, How'd you decide that? Just decided. Just just a couple days ago. So yeah, I'm going to go in about four weeks or so. Based on all of your recommendations, everybody that's Everyone been there told me it. that that's a spot for me. <laughs> I think you are absolutely going to love it. I agree. It's like, yeah. I hope you don't hate it because we're all, <laughs> you know, words. But I... <laughs> you built it up. I know, but that, I, I genuinely yeah. think you're going to love it. It's weird. It's kind of it's a little too quirky yeah. for me in ways, but like, it's too Perfect. old for me. The old buildings, like you're, you're going to love it. And like, there's so many hidden cafes and cool places. And there's, there's some awesome yeah. weekend trips and you're going to love it. Mm. All right. You're going to have to, we'll have to drop offline. You're going to have to give me some tips. Yeah. I'm looking at Airbnb and I have no idea where's, um, the, where's good spots and everything. So yes, we'll I do... can tell you that absolutely. And I can tell you, yes, make sure you talk great. to your Airbnb about Wi-Fi speeds before you do. So we'll connect offline. But if you're listening, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is how we, this is how we find places to live. This is real conversation. This so. is how we do it. You just, you just <laughs> we kind of did like a live session. Okay. Airbnb, where to go. Wi-Fi yeah. speeds. We're kind of going through a negotiation. We could do yeah. an entire no digital nomad booking process. I know. We should just do a, we'll, do a, we'll do a live call. If you guys want to listen to Jeff and I, I'm like, here's where you used to live. Here's what you used to do. Here's what you used to live. Exactly. Where exactly how to do this. <laughs> Down to booking the flights and everything. It'll be like a little bonus episode or something. All right. So with that, I can't wait till you. We yeah, we'll, we'll do this. it. Let's do it. <laughs> and that way, like, we have to talk about it anyway. So I'll help you. Yeah. Um, with that, let's jump into this episode. I am super excited to chat. So do you want to give just like a little update, Jeff, of why we're doing this episode? We'll, we'll jump into your story. Yeah, we've had a lot of people write in asking about various mental health things as it relates to working and traveling. So yeah. some of the things that we get are, how do you get how do you get therapy? Say I, I go to a therapist and how, do, how am I going to get that while I'm traveling? Yeah. It's a really legitimate question. <laughs> I've I've got I've got prescriptions for such and such. How do I get my prescriptions? Also, yeah. an awesome question and a very limiting type of thing. Yeah. I well, maybe I can't travel if I can't get my prescriptions, <laughs> and that would be the case for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, also, what about your what about maintaining your habits? How do you have good mental health habits while you're on the road? Also, like a yeah. really good and tough question. And Marissa's going to interview me because I've yeah. had my whole <laughs> lifetime story. Any of you that listen to podcasters number, I don't know. Don't remember oh, yeah, that number. I talk about all this stuff. Yeah. And I we're going to dive three, into. It was three questions we each asked each other or something like that. We'll have to find the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And so Marissa's going to interview me and I'm just going to kind of walk you through 
my experiences with dealing with that stuff because I've got a background in all of that. And I'm happy to share my tips that have worked for me. And hopefully it'll give a lot of the listeners some solutions or at least a little bit of peace of mind into what they can do when when they start doing this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And to give one last little thing. So in that episode, we were talking about Jeff and I randomly one day, we're like, we're asking each other three questions. You don't know what three questions are going to be. It was a fun episode. But one of the questions I asked Jeff was, I can't remember exactly how it was phrased, but I asked how travel had helped basically with your depression and OCD, because I, I believe it has, and I've seen the changes in you. And we had a lot of people write in. It was, it was just a brief part, like one little segment of that episode, but we had a lot of people write in saying, hey, like, could you talk more about this? I relate so much. You know, nobody's really talking about, you know, depression or OCD or mental health or what to do. You know, what if you're traveling in another country and you experience like a panic attack or you need your therapist, and you, you know, whatever that might be. And no one could really find resources. So we'd love to be that resource for you. And to do that, we'll talk about some generalities at the end about, you know, therapy and prescriptions and maintenance. But to kick it off, I think it'll be really powerful for you to listen to Jeff's story a little bit of actually kind of what he experienced before traveling and how he so he and I were actually together in Bolivia when he came off depression medication for the first time was it in 16 years you'd been on it Jeff is that the right number since I was 18 plus so yeah it was about it was about 17 years or so Okay, so 17 years on depression medication, Jeff came off, it was a huge thing, and, and I was with him as he weaned off of that as we were going to do ayahuasca, it was like sort of a reason uh-huh. there, but I guess Jeff, we don't have to go, like I don't want to spend, we could do like five hours talking about your journey easily, but will you give for someone listening just like a brief kind of overview of what you had experienced kind of like from 18, like why you got on it, what were those sort of main, just again, like the the high level view and why you decided yeah. in Bolivia to kind of come off of that. And let's talk about that experience. Yeah. So the, the main things that the, the main sip have started happening as they do with most people around puberty and mine was OCD and panic attacks. So for those of you who don't understand OCD, OCD isn't the the fun Hollywood type of thing where people are <laughs> arranging things neatly on their desk. That's it's called I've never a preference. Seen you so arrange you say, anything. <laughs> no, no, that's not what most OCD people do. So when when most people hear OCD, they think it's that that nice organized person. That's that's not when somebody says, "I'm so OCD." You are not so OCD. You, you like having <laughs> things arranged in a certain way. OCD is more of a debilitating disease where your brain kind of short circuits, right? So imagine you're going through your day and you have some weird thought. And that weird thought could be something that you just dismiss immediately. It's like, you know, oh, what if I fell off this bridge that you're walking across? And you just (laughs) go, oh, that's a weird thought. It's a weird thought. Like just weird stuff pops on your head every day. Just, you just, most people dismiss it. I've had that thought. Yeah. And I was like, Marissa, stop thinking that. And then I stopped (laughs) Yeah, and then you stop. The OCD brain doesn't stop. Right, it, right. it creates a lot of anxiety in the OCD brain. And what happens is you try to, when you have OCD, you try to make that uncomfortable feeling go away because it's so mm-hmm. much stronger in that type of brain because the part of the brain called the amygdala, we don't need to get into the science too much, but <laughs> it triggers a little morning, bit actually. stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it triggers a little bit stronger in OCD brain, and it makes the person want to relieve that anxiety extra strong. So they'll do something to make that feeling go away. And that feeling is the OCD thing that you hear about. 
And mm. it can be somebody organizing or cleaning or, you know, washing their hands kind of thing. But generally, it's not that kind of thing. Usually, it's just this mental process where you try to counter a bad thought with a good thought. And mm. you try to argue with it. You try to argue with this thing in your brain that says, what if I jumped off that? What if I jumped off that bridge? And you argue with that thought saying, I wouldn't jump off that bridge because of X, Y, Z. And you start like <laughs> going into a courtroom drama that doesn't exist. And <laughs> it, it el- yeah. And it, it eliminates that anxiety for the moment, mm-hmm. but it reinforces right. that cycle. So like once that thought comes up again, you're like, oh, I know how to fix that. And you mm-hmm. do that. That compulsion is what you call it. That's the C part of it. And then mm. it reinforces that cycle. So every time right. you do it, you go through, you kind of burn in this track mark and it just like makes it stronger and more and more and more powerful. And right. our human instinct is for us to fix problems. When a problem comes up, you want to negotiate, you want to work your way through it and you want to get through it. But the problem with this is very counterintuitive because the more you negotiate with it, the stronger it gets. So we go terrorist. We do not negotiate. It is. You don't do it. <laughs> so yeah, counterintuitively, what you have to do is ignore it, which is so annoying mm. because you get this, you get this very strong anxiety-provoking thought, and you just have to right. ignore it. So mm. that popped up for me when I was very young, and then around seventeen, eight. I think about seventeen, eighteen, happened again. And then immediately in the United States, what they're going to do is they're going to throw a pill at you <laughs> immediately. No questions yeah. asked. I've gone to I've gone to psychiatrists where I would log into I would I would log into the virtual conference and they would say, what do you want? And I'll tell them what I want. Doesn't matter. I'll tell them whatever I want. They'll say, OK. And I actually a lot of times even talk to a psychiatrist. I would talk to a nurse's assistant. And then right. they would text a psychiatrist that I've never met. And then within wow. one minute, I would have my drugs in my hand. And wow. on top of that, they won't put prescription prescription refills on it because they book by the meeting and they oh. only get money by the meeting. So you'd have to check in every month. That wow. is Western psychiatry for you now. It's drug peddling. I don't yeah. want to get too far down that, but that's kind <laughs> of... You know where I feel Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get too ranty but that is basically what happened at 18 they just threw right. some prescription drugs up some very strong ones that make it very very hard to get off of so i don't know where you want to go from here but that's that was 18 yeah. and then basically just they told me it's okay to be on those and benzodiazepine right. which is like a strong anti-anxiety addictive drug which is right. probably the worst out of everything that i ever was on and right. they said, yeah, just go ahead and take that. You're not supposed to take that for longer than 30 days. I took it for about 18 years straight. Jesus. So, Jesus and people go, people go into, if you come off of that too fast, the people will have seizures. You will have all kinds of serious issues. That's why they don't right. put you on it. So yeah, that was, uh, that was 18 and just going through a good 15 years or so of yeah. just being hooked, hooked into the U.S. pharma system. And so you talked, I want to talk about why you came off of it, but before, so that was mainly, you talked about medication for OCD. Was any of the medication for depression as well? Or how did that sort of like tie into it? They're both just like brothers. Okay. (laughs) One leads to the other in some ways, and then the other leads to the other in some other ways. So what I mean by that is 
for me, I have OCD and that would lead me to get depressed. Some right. people have depression and it triggers OCD. So they're right. they're kind of flip sides of the same coin and they, they play yeah. together in the same sandbox. So the, pretty, the medication well. you were taking, was that like just kind of a one-stop shop for both of them? Or are you taking different medication for both? We're going to take a quick pause right there to tell you about our remote travel jobs daily. Are you currently looking for a job that's going to allow you to become a digital nomad and work and travel around the world? We've got exactly what you're looking for. Every week, as part of our free plan, we handpick two jobs that are perfect for becoming a digital nomad that allow you to work and travel around the world while you're doing it. That's two jobs per week for free. We also have a premium plan, which we send out two handpicked jobs that are also perfect for becoming a digital nomad every single day, Monday through Friday. So that's 40 handpicked jobs by us that are ideal for becoming a digital nomad. So make sure you take a look at these two plans. It is beachcommute.com slash travel jobs. That's beachcommute.com backslash travel jobs. All the details will be there. Yeah, it's generally considered a one-stop shop for (laughs) all of it, but you get so many other side effects with taking some of these medications Right? Yeah. So I'll give you an example. You take yeah. one medication that gets rid of the OCD, but it makes you really, really ramped up at night. So they give you right. another medication so you can <laughs> oh sleep. But that one makes that one makes you too sleepy in the morning. So they give you another <laughs> one that wakes you up. So it's it's like it doesn't it it is my it's, God, it's, it's on the floor. <laughs> oh, you know, like this would be. I I don't want to go down that path too yeah. much because it's going to get very ranty about the U.S pharmaceutical yeah. and and that's not the point of this this podcast no. but just yeah just so you know like that it is usually when you're dealing with this stuff multiple medications because none of them target a specific system in your brain they're like they're it's a whole body it's it's right. a it's an it's an entire body effect that it has yeah. on you and a lot of times they're not these drugs aren't narrow they're not specific enough to just fix one problem they they right. cause a host of other crap. Yeah, I think ultimately it's like we're putting Band-Aid on symptoms but not fixing the underlying cause of why do you have you know these things in the first place. So that's a lot of what uh-huh. I love to do in coaching. I also won't go down that path in the rants at the moment. If you want to hear it, like write into us if you're interested in these topics, if you want Jeff and I to go off another day. But for the purpose of this, let's keep moving forward. So fast forward, you had been traveling a couple of years by the time I first met you in Bolivia. So you and Diego and I all met on a Wi-Fi drive chapter in Bolivia back in 2019, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So if you could share at that moment, that was like a big thing for you where we were there. And you're like, I'm going to come off of this medication for the first time that you said in like 15, 16, 17, 18 years, however long it was. Can you explain like why then? What, how did you get to the point where you're like, I, I, and again, I guess we should say for all of this, Jeff and I are not doctors, you know, talk to your yeah. own people. So, you know, this is, we want to share this as Jeff's story, if you relate to it, great. And then we'll talk about, again, some general things of how do you manage this while traveling. But for you, Jeff. Real, real quick, I, I do want to add on to that. Like, yeah. don't listen to my story and just come off of drugs if you yeah. feel inspired. Like, don't do that. Just 100% talk to your doctor because you could have some serious, serious issues. So, 
like just listen to my story, take it in, yeah. and then talk to your doctor if that's something that inspires you. So I, I just wanted to yeah. add that in there because it's like that's super, great. super yeah. important. And yeah. we also are not saying like everyone must comment. We're not saying medication is good, bad, or otherwise. We have our own opinions. That's not what this is about. But again, just like if you feel death story or it relates, I always, I always feel like it's possible to hear people's stories. So with that, you're in Bolivia. Can you explain like what were the thoughts you were having? Why did you decide this is the time to come off of medication? Yeah, I felt like I had been attached to it too long. I I didn't want to be tethered to this thing that was giving me such strong side effects anymore. Right. It, it it was just it was such a burden my entire life having mm-hmm. to travel and getting prescription refills all the time and just yeah. feeling attached to this thing. It it, it was just enough was enough for me. And the one that I was on was particularly hard to get off of because the side effects of coming off were atrocious. Like you would get something called brain zaps, which is a thing where you get this like electrical thing that feels like it shoots through your brain. When you look side to side, it's a weird thing. It's a really weird thing coming off antidepressants. You get this weird brain zap thing. I remember that uh, after you. Made it really, really hard because if you I would know it if I missed a dose. It was so powerful that I would feel it the next day just missing one mm. dose. You know, right. some of these ones, you can miss a dose here. You miss almost two days and you maybe get like a little bit. But this one was just, uh, it was just nasty right right, right away. And then and I can you imagine go through, if, you, if you have that one day where you don't feel like, it's like, well, what's this going to feel like if I go off? It almost just keeps you like going for more and more. It would be scary. I yeah. This yeah, it was, and the, the brain zaps lasted for a month on this one. It's just yeah. it was so so powerful that it just like my body needed that drug really bad. Uh, right, and it was uh, yeah that that one was tough, and then the benzodiazepines. That's that's actually the real addictive one because it actually makes you feel good. Like anything <laughs> that makes you feel makes you feel good after you take it can be pretty addictive. Anything right. you take that makes sure. you feel good can can like, <laughs> yeah, even even habits that aren't even drug related can be addictive. You know, running yeah. can be addictive. But right. like this this one was particularly bad, and that one I had to come off of as well. And that was the hardest one because I was on that for eighteen years. You know, I'd switched up wow. antidepressants many times, but this is this was the dangerous one because that one it causes all kinds of problems. It's a right. it's like a sedative. You know, basically yeah. you don't want to be on that stuff. And they just yeah threw it at me. Uh, but anyways, and- yeah. I was going to say, we'll talk about like how to get prescriptions because you did it for a while. But I remember actually we're in Bolivia and you and Diego and I were like, stay longer. Let's stay here a little longer. And you and I went to like Paraguay and you were like, I'm going to run out of medication. I need to figure out. I think you would before you were going to go right home. So again, it's just one of those things. It's like one more thing to figure out as a nomad. And you can, I think you were going to have someone ship it that would have worked out, but instead you came off of it. Before we keep moving forward with this, I actually want to ask you a question back up a little bit, which is sort of what I asked you in the other podcast episode. Um, so you'd gone so many, you know, almost two decades on this medication. You got to this point where it was like side effects are too strong. This lifestyle, I don't want to deal with getting prescriptions and everything. Was there any other part of the travel leading up to it that sort of inspired you or changed to say, like, I want to change this or it helped you or just change or did anything compared to the life you had been living, let's say, for the 15 mm. years before that? Yeah. Like, how did travel uh, affect you in that way? Well, two in two ways. One is travel makes me happier. And so mm. when you're happier, you tend to experience 
fewer mental health problems. That's right. Not a simple. That's not a. That's not a. <laughs> Advanced equation. But the other thing is that with an OCD brain, an idle mind is the absolute enemy. Just not having stimulus mm. is not good for an OCD brain because you start creating problems where they don't exist. And travel eliminates a lot of that because you're so stimulated. You've got so many, you've got problems to work out. Right? You've got an airport. <laughs> like, to where go do I to. get my money? Where do I eat? Where do I buy food? Yeah, it's like so many all that stuff. Lost. Hanging out with people is really good. That's why I'm mm. I'm so social with everybody is because <laughs> it keeps it keeps me active. And unlike right. a lot of people who say like, "What's your dream vacation?" Somebody will say, "Sitting on a beach." It's not like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I don't want to sit on a beach. <laughs> I, I want to go on. A, I want to go on a hike. You know, I yeah. want to be. I need. To, I want to keep my brain stimulated, and I want right. to hike, and I want to chat, and I want to talk with people. And a lot yeah. of that is yeah. just kind of like a therapy for me. And travel encapsulates all of that stuff. Right. You know, it encapsulates being around people, solving problems, just keeping my brain active so that it doesn't activate itself. Yeah. It's not, not a good That's, place for it. <laughs> Do you think, this is, this is kind of a big philosophical question. You and I have touched on this a lot of times both on the podcast and just like in our own conversation. As you mm. say that, I'm hearing it's almost like, as a coach, I'm all about like, feel your feelings, sit by yourself, feel the things, which is different than what you're saying, which is like, I can't let my brain get distracted. So it reminds me of the book, Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, which is someone who is, you know, in a concentration camp and says like, you can create happiness and joy, you know, make the best of any situation where you are versus uh-huh. you're saying like, I'm going to run away and travel and just like have stimulus, never be alone, never be alone with my thoughts. At what point do you think like, how does it differ than the traditional, like, if you're feeling, you go through a breakup or you've had a trauma in your life and, like, feeling mm-hmm. your feelings that you need to deal with versus different for someone with an OCD brain who maybe, like, genuinely is better off being around people or traveling in stimulus if you can versus, like, mm-hmm. just improving, you know, making the best of where you are at home. There's a lot of thoughts in there. Maybe you can make sense of something there. <laughs> yeah, I think I can unpack some of that and. <laughs> For me, at least. I I think for me, with OCD, environment matters a lot. And I can do, and I have done, a ton of mental work when I'm kind of stagnant at home and Mm -hmm. and not surrounded by all that stuff. And I can can manage that. It's not as good. Life isn't as good. I actually prefer to do it the other way. Uh, Well, not do it the other way. You still, no matter what, I have to do mental health. I'm checking yeah. all the time. I'm I'm constantly, you know, evaluating and making sure that I'm not following any triggers and doing any compulsions and things like that. So that's ongoing no matter what. But being in the right environment helps tremendously. It really, yeah. really does. It's almost like, do you want to put yourself like an alcoholic? Do you want to you <laughs> want to live in a bar right across yeah. the street from a bar? Or do you want to live down the street away from it a little bit and <laughs> yeah. like you know being in that being at home alone is setting myself up to be in an environment that's not conducive to my mouth mental health uh, yeah problems said there are plenty of things that i can do to make the best out of that situation yeah it's such yeah. an interesting question i've had this chat with so many nomads yeah. like as the more i've traveled and you and diego and i have talked a lot about this on the podcast of just finding those places in the world that you love. And so, for example, where I am in Sri Lanka right now, 
it happens to be, whether it's energetically, whether it's just the sun, the beach, the jungle, the people that I'm with, whatever the perfect combination is, like, I love this place. And I'm like, you know, if I'm in Atlanta, which is in the US where I'm originally from, I feel like I also, now that I've seen what's out in the world and know where I just naturally feel my best, the sun and the jungle and the ocean kind of world. Mm -hmm. If I'm in Atlanta, it's harder for, and I'm also more isolated when I'm there because when we travel, like I'm in this Mm co-living place right now with a bunch of friends. Like I ran into friends who I met in Thailand. I didn't even know were here. Like just naturally yeah. hanging out with tons of people versus when I'm in Atlanta, it's like very isolated. Everyone's just at home in their little box and energetically, yeah. like I'm not, I'm always in the sun. I'm not at the beach. I, I, it's harder work for me to be, let's say if I can be a 10 out of 10 happy, like that's possible for me every day in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Like I wake up and I'm just kind of a 10. Whereas in Atlanta, I might wake oh. up as a six and I got to work hard to be that 10. So yeah. it's, exactly it's it. really, it's really interesting. Like I think we're all so uh-huh. used to at least for me growing up, it's kind of like, this is where I'm from. This is where my family's from. I, so I'm from Atlanta. I kind of tried out. I went to school in a different state. I lived in New York. I lived in LA. Like I tried some places and I just kind of thought like, oh, I'll have to make the best of, you know, where I, my friends and this job and whatever. But if you have access to the whole world, which is what we, you know, try to give as a digital nomad, you can just put yourself in places where it's easier to be a 10. And it sounds like you're kind of like not only yeah. being around different people and different stimulus, but also just being in an environment, like you said, away from the liquor store, if you're an alcoholic, like away from the mm-hmm. environments that just aren't your, you know, if you love mountains, like you're not going to be happy in a city and vice versa. So it's like put yourself and have the flexibility to change too, if you want, but wherever you feel best. So Okay. Yeah. Are, there's, yeah. There's a side note a on that. Like there's, <laughs> yeah. there's just the yeah, quick side note on that. There is a possibility of running away from problems to travel. Yes. And I know people have done that. And I know that's <laughs> know a, a solution for some people. And that's that doesn't that doesn't necessarily work because I've I've met people that go to a new place thinking that they're gonna get away from the problems and sure enough, hey, guess what? Problems came with <laughs> they're me. Still there. That's yeah. not that's not a good solution and and that's not what we're talking about right now. What no. we're talking about is putting yourself think... in an environment that's good for your yeah. mental health. I was talking yeah. about this with someone last night. There's a quote that I always share with this, which is, I think it's a song, which is like, everywhere everywhere you go, there you are, or everywhere I go, there I am, which is like, when you yeah. go somewhere, you're still you're still there with your own problems. And I actually mm-hmm. think this is the conversation I was having last night with some nomads here is when you go, when you, you know, quote, run away and you're like, I'm going to run away from my problems, I'm just going to go to this this new place I think with travel you can have the highest of highs but your lows are lower because you're not surrounded Uh by familiarity you're not necessarily around you know your comfort your people a hospital Uh whatever you're used to so I think it actually is hard like when you run in that way the lows you feel are Uh even like they're amplified they're way harder so you can escape and hit those highs but you're also going to get those lows so just know I think travel is almost the most healing thing you can do to confront those issues because you're going to be triggered, challenged, uh-huh. alone in places. Like just, it's, it's a struggle. When it's a struggle, it's harder. And when it's great, it's even more great. So yeah. Yeah. This is fun. I didn't realize we're going to go into this sort of stuff, but I hope, I hope this helps. Like if you, <laughs> if you haven't traveled yet and you're listening, like this, this these are the realities. And I, I, hadn't even begin like I feel like when I started my nomad life you and I kind of both I feel like just kind of jumped in I I wasn't searching Uh for like transition or meaning I was like I just want to travel and I had no idea that like all of the inner work that was going to come and the stuff that would come up in every different country and the people that I met it's just it's been one big self-development journey to be honest and I think the best kind of one but 
with that, mm-hmm. I want to circle back back to Bolivia, <laughs> where you made this decision. Mm-hmm. So, again, just the first having to get up prescriptions, wanting to stop all the side effects that came, you know, fix some things for you, but we're making other things worse. Those were probably some of the hardest, like, couple weeks coming off and a couple weeks after for you. And I, I feel like I lived that transition mm-hmm. very closely with you. Can mm-hmm. you talk about just briefly what was that like to come off of it? And you and I also had done, I feel like the, the moment that really pushed you over the edge correct me if I'm wrong, was so I had wanted to do an ayahuasca retreat, a five-day ayahuasca retreat in Bolivia while I was there. And I was like, Jeff, come do it with me. And to do ayahuasca, you can't be on antidepressant medication. So it's kind of like the push, I feel like, something you had wanted to do, but it was a reason to be like, all right, I should be off two weeks before we do that. So there's time to get it out of your system. And then we did that. So that was like a whole journey. But whatever you want to share from that point in time, yeah, give it to us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I think we need an ayahuasca (laughs) podcast. For sure. Yeah, you don't have to go. Maybe we should. I mean, I would give it an abbreviated version on this one. But yeah, you can't just, yeah, the abbreviated, because I do want to do this one justice. (laughs) I think it's a really interesting topic for a lot of people. Yeah. So we did ayahuasca and you, you can't be on antidepressants when you're taking ayahuasca because you can experience something called serotonin syndrome. And basically what that means is when you're on antidepressants, they're they're ramping up your feel good receptors, your your serotonin, amongst other things, depending on the antidepressant. And sure enough, ayahuasca does the same thing. So you could have an overload of serotonin in your brain, and then you can get all kinds of stuff, bad things happening that I don't quite understand. But it's not a good thing, right. and right. it's not recommended. And on top of that, when you go into ayahuasca, you should come in a clean slate as much as possible. And that's why they're always recommending these diets. When you say, I, wanna, I just want to interrupt to say clean slate yeah. of, of like things like medicine, bad food, alcohol, meat, like those sort of things, not a clean slate of your I mean. emotions. Because when you yeah. first said that, I was like, a clean slate, like, I feel like I want to give you a clean slate of your, your traumas, emotions, things, but a clean slate, like within your body of things that you are yeah. physically putting into your body. Oh, yeah. You can go in there a mental mess. That's fine. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> and a lot of people do go in a mental mess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but physically, you, you shouldn't have too much other stuff going on. You should be going in there kind of kind of clean, more or less. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in order to do that, you have to come off of you have to come off of drugs. And I I kind of did my own system of coming off drugs. And again, I have to reiterate, don't do that. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it at your doc. Your doctor's going to understand a little bit better about what side effects of coming off drugs are going to be yeah. like and a system for doing so. I did it my own way, which not, I don't recommend, <laughs> but I did do it my own way. And yeah. yeah, so I had just been coming off fully right before we went into ayahuasca. And I experienced all of the symptoms, just horrible sleep, mood swings, those brain zap things, which were just annoying as hell started having panic attacks for the first time in years and years and years so yeah that that was really really a really difficult time and paired with the fact that i was going to be doing a very powerful hallucinogen that's not supposed to be any fun right so (laughs) it would be one thing if you're going through all this hell to go into a fun experience it's going to be curing (laughs) no it was like you're going through all this hell so that you could go through hell it's like it was, it was it's like no. paying a huge price to pay a huge price. Like, oh my goodness! <laughs> but at the um, end of that huge price is the healing after ayahuasca. To be fair, 
but it's yeah to be fair i i i just man i was so pissed we did a (laughs) temescal where you're sitting in the that's where i reached peak peak anger we're in a temescal which is like a thousand degrees for two and a half hours something like that and i i crawled out of that thing and i just like hugged the earth i was so pissed I was pissed at our shaman. I was pissed at you. I was pissed at everybody else. I was just angry. Then he sprayed us with a cold hose. I'm like, and then after that, I felt great. All of a sudden, I'm just like, ah. And I was you. Mentally, I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. I just kind of gave up. And that was the whole point. Like, they were trying to push us to the point where you just stop trying to control life. And you just kind of try to give up and just accept things. And at that point, I was just like, all right, whatever. You can't throw anything <laughs> up. Can't throw whatever you want at me. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me that last ayahuasca trip. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and then, yeah, that was, that was the one that really, really impacted me or shooting fireballs out of my hands and, <laughs> and uh, turned into a giant tarantula. And it was, but then, and uh, ayahuasca, yeah, after that, just for anyone who's mm, listened this far and doesn't know, it's, it's a plant medicine yeah, that you drink and it will look, do a little, well, I think Google can be a, a scary thing, but basically it helps kind of work through a lot of trials. It's really hard, but people say it's the equivalent of five months of therapy in one night. So, yeah. So, so you went through that, you came out the other side. Let's finish that, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll kind of wrap up with some of the, the general advice as well. Yeah, yeah, went went through the other side, and yeah. So it, people ask, "What did ayahuasca do to you?" Mm-hmm. And you, it's interesting because <laughs> you'll hear two different camps. One group of people will say it changed me as a person. You know, I'm a completely different person having done mm-hmm. it. And then the other people will say like, ah, oh, it kind of like re, re reached, it kind of changed my, my direction in life a little bit, mm. just kind of made a course adjustment. And right. I, I, for me, it, it, did it change my, my entire life and who I am as a character? No, I don't think so. I think I I'm more in the I camp of know. like. Yeah, well, I feel breaking because I know a lot of people who are who have a lot of fears to do it because they're like, I like myself. I don't want it to just like change me as a person. But I think it's more of like you become more you. Like it will only change you as a person mm-hmm. if you've been like wearing all the masks and pretending to be someone else your whole life. You might wake up and be like, Oh, I want to actually yeah. be me. But it's not like you're just gonna like have a different personality and a different life. But it it makes you more you. I would say like it takes away the masks and like you just can show up as yourself more. I would say. Yeah, it kind of exposes you. It exposes yeah. your your deeper your deeper core. Yeah, but like your true uh, and, self. And you're not gonna break anything that isn't broken. Like no. you know, like some people say, oh, I'm afraid I'm gonna break something. No, not really. It'll just it'll just make you more vulnerable for a moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. for a few days, I'd say at least. <laughs> and you'll see yourself maybe a little bit more clearly. Maybe you'll understand things about yourself a little bit more. And so yeah. for me, yeah, it's like a it's a five. 10% shift in understanding myself and kind of changing my direction and understanding, you know, what I can accomplish, what I can go through right. uh, and, and maybe having a little bit more confidence in yourself and a little bit, a, a little better understanding. And it, we were really lucky having a really strong shaman who is yeah. good at showing you who you actually are and maybe getting yeah. a better understanding of what drives you and like, and showing you what you actually are capable of. And I think if, I think we, maybe we should do a full ayahuasca yeah. discussion because there's a lot, 
there's a lot to that. There's so yeah. much, there's so much to unpack with just that topic alone <laughs> Yeah. that I do want to give it justice, but yeah, let me yeah. give it back to you. Yeah. So with that, yeah, again, we'll, we'll pause that. That will be a full episode at some point. If you're interested, write in, let us know if you want to hear more ayahuasca or comment or something, but moving forward from that. So you're now off medication and Talk about traveling now. How is it different for you? What's your life differently? And then we'll go to sort of the general, if you do stay on, and we're not saying like everyone must come off, we'll talk about if you do stay on, where do you get your prescriptions and all of that? But just briefly, yeah, how is your life different now? Because that was three, four years ago at this point, and you're still medication-free, I believe, yeah? Oh, no, just so the readers know, listeners know, I occasionally go on and off a very light one okay. as as no, no. as needed yeah cool. i don't i am not where i was back then where i was just hooked into the umbilical cord go through periods usually during winter where ocd is really strong i'll go on right. something really light for maintenance and then come back off cool. so i'm um yeah it's it's not like i don't want to yeah be dishonest to the to the readers but uh, there are phases where it's like i go through really powerful ocd and i need right. a little maintenance and then i'll go back off Um, it's it's not like it's not like what it was before where i was just hooked into this drug umbilical cord right i'd say ayahuasca helped me the whole experience coming off of that really powerful one helped me gain control over what was happening and now i i do have the power to and i do go off of this really light thing that i take and then like if times get really bad i'm going through some tough stuff go on this really light thing and then come back off a couple months later so it's like it's not a clean break sure but it's like i've got control over my life again yeah which is and it's interesting i remember this i don't know jeff i feel like i've told this to so many people that i I remember so strongly from you where you explained like oh this medication had just muted you for like you weren't experiencing the really hard and negative emotions and things, but you also it was muting uh, you from feeling the really like good positive things. Like think about the sign curve, you were just kind of like on that neutral graph. And I remember yeah. when you came off medication, it was really hard because like like you said now, it's like I'm you're feeling the hard things again. Life does get hard, but you were also like, oh my yeah. god, I haven't felt this good feeling in this long. So for you, I yeah. just wanted to share that as well because I I haven't been on medication, so I haven't like experience that myself but i've told that to so many people as an example because i thought it was so powerful it does do that yeah so in order to eliminate those extreme lows and those really really hard times it just kind of it limits your 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 band of feeling to just kind of this purgatory of not very high (laughs) like not very low just yeah you would hope yeah, the way that they explain it is it's going to put you on a high and you're going to feel good all the time. <laughs> and generally, no. Generally, it's just going to put you in this narrow bandwidth of like kind of not feeling too much yeah. in either direction. And, and I love, yeah, when yeah. I came off, I was like, I'm feeling everything. Like, yeah. I had never felt that low <laughs> yeah. in years and years. I didn't even know what it was. And then yeah. I also felt really, really alive in other ways yeah. that I hadn't felt in some years. So it was just like this flooding of stimulus it was so yeah. so so powerful it's like oh my god what is my brain doing just yeah out. <laughs> like, what, is, what is all of this range there's definitely a lot of coaching where people say uh-huh. you think about like a, a mountain peak and a valley that as 
as low as you've ever felt is the equivalent of high, how high you can feel. So for someone who's been through so much mm-hmm. pain and struggle, the, the beauty is that you can feel the opposite of, of that high and, and vice versa. But it's a lot of, yeah. I, you know, in my coaching, I work with so many people on emotions and just like understand that it's, it's a part of life and we're so quick as a society to just be like, pain is bad. I don't want to feel it, eliminate it. But when you can actually, like, I guess mm-hmm. ayahuasca, you live, you live through that pain and you know you can and then you can feel both sides. So, with that, yeah. again, there's so much we could go into. And if you're listening and this is resonating with you and there's like a particular topic that you want us to go deeper on at some point or you're interested in, definitely write in. Hello at Beach Commute and let us know. But definitely you yeah. talk about how you get prescriptions, like you personally or just in general people while you're traveling. Yeah. Let's say you do need it. How have you managed that while you're traveling? Yeah, good question from some listeners. Two ways. One is you can ask your provider to give you a vacation it's, it's called a vacation dose or actually a, a vacation refill. Well, it'll give you, they'll give you three months worth of what you need. I think that's the maximum you can get. I think that's also the maximum that most insurance, like insurance. is going to give yeah. you. But ask them, tell them you need a vacation refill and you'll <laughs> likely be able to get something. <laughs> yeah, that's what you tell them. Yeah, or travel or a vacation refill. Tell them that's what you need. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll you'll get that. If not, there's other ways to get it depending on where you're going. Just about anywhere you go, you can just do a Google Maps and look up psychiatrist and you can book with somebody and they can, they'll give you your prescription. I've done it before. Just find a psychiatrist, go in or a doctor and just what say- What countries have you done that in? Just so curious. Oh, going to have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> no worries. Well, that'd mostly, be a fun one. Mostly, yeah, you can get prescriptions. Mostly, People think, forget that you can find doctors and pharmacies and things to give you prescriptions when you go elsewhere. Yeah, I've, I've gone to a just doctor, not psychiatrist, and said, here's my prescription refill. I'm out. Can you refill it? And the answer was yes. So you can get your prescription refills via doctors. Just Google them. They will take you. Like you're Sometimes paying, it takes you're some be Google Translate customer. in different languages, <laughs> which is yep. interesting, but that works too. <laughs> yep. And yeah, you, you Google, Google them. You'll be a paying customer. And just anticipate that you're going to have to pay cash, right? Because you're not going to be insured through their that country, that local. A lot of times you're you're just going to be paying out of pocket, which is fine for the most part. And another option there is a lot of places don't regulate a lot of the prescriptions that you'll need. So if you're on yeah. an SSRI, an antidepressant, something like that, like say, for example, anywhere in Latin America, all you do is go to a pharmacy and say, this is what I want, and they'll give it to you. That's it. Yeah. It's unregulated. This is my dosage. This is what I want. And paying out of pocket, generally, it's really, really ch- cheap. You'll pay five to 10 bucks, something like yeah. that, for like a month's dosage. So you can just get it wherever you're going. All right. That's awesome. So next, Jeff, I would love for you to take a stab at this first. If you could talk about seeing a therapist, or whether it's your therapist from home, or if you need to find someone new, if you're in a bind while you're traveling, I have some thoughts on this as well. But kick it off, what has been your experience of talking to a therapist or your therapist or a new therapist while you are abroad out of the country or somewhere different? It's a little bit tricky finding a new therapist when you're abroad, if you're trying to find online therapy through the United States. And the reason why is because of licensing. Like a lot of them will tell you that, well, if you tell them that you're abroad, they'll tell you, I am licensed to work in 
XYZ state. So for my example would be like, no, I'm licensed to do therapy for people who are in California. And that would exempt, that would would make it so that you can't get therapy through them. Right. But on the flip side, I've also had a therapist that I used while I was in California and I told her I was traveling and it was okay. Right. So I I would say as a rule of thumb, it's going to be really tough to get new therapy while you're traveling abroad, unless you tell them that you're not traveling. So I, I can't, yeah. I can't advise doing that because you're not supposed to, but I have before told people, oh yeah, I'm in California. They're like, okay. And just carried on a, a therapy <laughs> session. Yeah. But also you can, you can consider getting therapy in your local country. I did that before. It's so like two, three years ago when I was in Colombia, found an English speaking doctor and was able to do teletherapy online with an English speaking doctor out of Colombia. And it only cost me a few bucks out of pocket. So that's an option as yeah. well. And then there's another avenue that I I want to send you down because I've I've done it a little bit and yeah. you've got more experience with it. Coaching. I worked with a <laughs> over yeah. the psychic. Anybody that knows me sounds that stuff. Seems crazy coming yeah. out of my mouth. She's been incredible. This is, this is what I would say. Inf- it is shocking. She's been incredibly effective that you would for ever me. say such a thing. Incredibly effective yes. for me. Probably better than most almost all the therapists. Mm-hmm. therapy sessions that I've had she was fantastic and I've and I've had work done with her and it didn't didn't matter where I was obviously she yeah. she's not she doesn't have any <laughs> medical certifications that she needs to abide by so that's yeah. I could be on the moon it really really doesn't matter yeah like yeah. give me your two cents on that because I know that kind of falls right in your realm yeah it is. So as a coach, I know you all listening to the podcast, you probably know me fully as a career coach, but honestly, a lot of people, when I've done, I focus now more on beach commute and we're really doing a lot more of, of reaching more people through our courses and master classes and all of that. But the one-on-one coaching that I have done for the last five, six years, people find me usually for career coaching and then stick with me to help with all parts of, of their life, whether that's love life, issues with their family, relationships, trauma, like attachment styles, whatever that might be. So I do the inner work and it's really interesting. So, you know, I, I love coaching. I think it's powerful. I became a coach because of the powerful coaches I'd worked with. I've, I can't tell you that the same story you just said, Jeff, like I have so many clients who come to me who say, like I, I had one client who said, I've literally been in therapy for 10 years and three sessions with you is more useful than anything I've ever done. And there's a variety of reasons for that, which I won't go into now, but I had another client who said something recently as well too, of like, I'm just able to give, coaching is it's different. You kind of take where you are and you move forward and I'm able to share, coaches are able to share kind of personal life and stories and more mm-hmm. guidance than just to kind of be someone to listen and I had the same thing several weeks ago with a new client who after one session was like, I wish my therapist had just said this to me, like, you know, four years ago, I've been trying to do this. And so all of that to say, it takes with everything you want to find, whether it's the right therapist or the right coach, but uh-huh. coaching is a, a amazing, in my, in my opinion, alternative to therapy. And like Jeff said, there are no, <laughs> it, it can be judgmental because there are not as many rules and restrictions as therapists, uh-huh. but the bright side of that for travelers is you can like I used to one of my coaches like is from Portugal and like I loved her and I never would have been able to you know see her in the U.S. and pricing is great and all of that so yeah you're uh, find an amazing coach who can serve that and it doesn't matter where in the world you are 
or as Jeff said, like if you've been working with someone, typically like as long as you're, we say it's kind of like taxes, like as long as you're a resident of that place. And this is very US centric focus. I guess we don't have as much information for people who are from other countries, but I actually, as a coach and as a traveler, my clients are all over the world. I have clients in, like in Sweden and Australia and Portugal, living in Indonesia, living, you know, in Mexico, all over. So it's really, no matter what country you're from, you know, maybe therapy works a little bit different and you can, mm -hmm. you know, have somebody, whether you're in a different country, but yeah, there's, there's lots of options. So hopefully that, I think that that covers it enough to kind of get you started. There's also, I can't say I've gone down this path, but there's apps like BetterHelp and other online therapy that I don't think is as restrictive where you're from, perhaps, or they wouldn't know where you mm, are. <laughs> yeah. We're never telling anyone to lie, just saying. Yeah, but, I haven't used yeah, any of those either. Tough. So I, I wouldn't be able to give any recommendations on those because I haven't used those either. Yeah, but we can't say that personally. They exist. Maybe in the future we'll, we'll try it out and let you know. But at the yeah. moment, yeah, my recommendation would be to continue on with your therapist and just you know, kind of ask for permission of... Uh -huh used to living in that place but you just happen to be gone the same way you'd pay taxes and happen to be in another country and also just consider a coach because it really is powerful as well but again with everything it takes finding the right person anything any last words of wisdom on just yeah therapy abroad i also have friends who have found amazing therapists in south africa and like you know in all places wherever uh -huh. so that's an option as well but it takes time no, to form a relationship so i think if you can have someone uh -huh. keep going uh -huh. yeah so yeah, speaking of apps, let's, let's jump into maintenance and I guess what you yeah. call routine. Apps can definitely be one of those things where while you're traveling really helps you keep your your mental health maintained. And there's a, a few apps out there. Yeah. You mentioned, what was it, BetterHelp, which I haven't used. BetterHelp, uh, yeah. Headspace is probably the most popular one that people are familiar with. Like a, for meditation. For daily yeah. meditation. So there's a ton of meditation ones out there. Calm, I think, is another one that's really popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's a ton. All you have to do is go on the app store and, and search meditation. You're just going to get the phone book of stuff. And like <laughs> some are better than others, but the, it's, the general idea is that doing some level of meditation every day is, is going to be good for maintaining your mental health, which is super important when you're traveling because it can get so distracting. Yeah. There's just so much to do. Usually you've got <laughs> stuff you want to see and dinners you don't want to miss and friends that you don't want to miss. And it's easy to just get caught up in the yeah. life. But it's really, really important, especially for me, anybody that's trying to maintain the needs to maintain their mental health to keep the routine that you're using at home the best you can and, and maybe even augment that, make it even better. And the things I'm talking about here are, yeah, your meditation, using your app if you're using an app or if you're not, just keep doing whatever meditation you're doing every day. Eating healthy, again, another really, really important thing for mental health. It slips so easily. I know it does for me. It can do it really, really quickly. It can be as simple as you don't know where the grocery store is yet, so you spend half a week ordering or going out to dinner, and all of a sudden that turns into, yeah. you know, it compounds a few days of eating fairly unhealthy. It has a toll on your on your mental impact, on your, yeah. on your mental experience. And then things like exercise can slip too. And that has, everybody knows that has a huge, huge impact on, <laughs> on your mental health. So that, that can't slip as, that can't slip. Other things that you can think of, Marissa, that like the day-to-day -day routine that help with your mental health? <clears throat> yeah, I think the overall kind of, I guess like everyone's going to have their, like, you know, this is the ideal world. And if you're listening, you're like, 
meditation's not for me or like mm-hmm. I'm never gonna do yoga or I'm never gonna exercise you know maybe it's you maybe it's not these are all things you know we know we should be doing regardless but I would say the takeaway if we put the lens of digital nomad over those things is, as Jeff is saying it's, it's really easy to let those things slip away so on the topic of mental health as you become a digital nomad, or maybe you're already, you know, working remotely and traveling, I would say, like, find ways to keep that routine, no matter where you are. So maybe you just say, like, no matter what, I want to do 30 minutes of exercise. For me in Sri Lanka right now, that might be walking on the beach every day or swimming. Yeah, and for, you know, Jeff in the US while he's home, might be playing pickleball, yeah, like, uh-huh. whatever that is, it might, like, it changes a lot, depending on where you are, what country, what you have access to, but just try to do, you know, something of that. Or if you know that you do like meditating, but then you're like upside down time zone, just put a reminder in your phone and just, I guess it's like find ways to stick to your habits while you're changing things and, and really just prioritize it because as yeah. Jeff was saying, it's so easy you know, it's like, oh, I have to work a different time of day because I'm on a different time zone or this thing is here. I would normally do that, but I have wow. to go find this. It's, it gets hard. So just like make that your number one priority when you get to a new place. It's like that, whether it's food, meditation, meditation exercise, whatever. Just I think just really my takeaway is like it's, it's harder when you're switching places all the time. So just make sure that you're prioritizing it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and the faster you get that established when you get to somewhere new, the less yeah the less compound problems you're gonna have building up so like usually right <laughs> when i get there like figure out if you're doing a gym do your gym situation figure that out if you're doing yeah. if you're going to be shopping figure out like immediately figure out where the shopping is and get some good healthy food you just stock up in your house yeah how many people do we travel with yeah. that don't go shopping that just oh my just order, like <laughs> like half or better right just order everything yeah. i know yeah yeah <laughs> Everyone's different, but yeah. I've been guilty of that too. And it depends what country you're in too. Like some places uh-uh. in Thailand, for example, it's it's actually cheaper to go out and like I say go out, mm-hmm. like go to local markets or local food stands and get amazing, like really great healthy food than if I was to go buy like to buy it myself would actually be more expensive and not as good. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, you know, in a big major city where it's expensive and everything's cooked with oils, like it might be better for me to go shopping and, and cook things myself. So it really does depend where you are, the food available to you. Mm-hmm. you know, Bali, for example, it's like the food is amazing and healthy and less expensive than what I would find on my own in a grocery store. So mm-hmm. it's not that you can never order out, but it's like know where you are, know what's like learn what's around and learn mm-hmm. what is going to be best for you. And What's the quote if you like, if you fail to plan, you'll, I'm going to, I can't think of it oh today. Boy. It's too late. We're at another one. <laughs> what is it? It's a good one. Do you know that one? No. If you, you're like, oh man, if you, uh, I'm going to Google it. We'll, we'll do it another time. But anything else while we're wrapping up? No, I think I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is, but. That's that's all I can that's all I can think of for now. But yeah, write write us in. As you can see, we're not shy. I'm not shy about talking about this kind of stuff. So it's <laughs> no. just shoot us a note if there's something that we missed or if you want clarification on something. Happy to share with you yeah. any and all my experiences with this all this stuff, which is plenty. So yeah, hopefully <laughs> for the audience this gave some measure of relief if this is one of those one of those factors that was yeah. holding you back because it yeah. it doesn't need to be it really doesn't need to be it with just just having a few things to know that you can prepare for a few things just to have in your back pocket it's totally it's totally doable and shouldn't be a limiting factor 
Yeah, that's great advice. And again, we recorded this episode because so many people uh, wrote to us from that like miniature answer that Jeff gave from this last time, because I think that's helpful if you're listening and, and you're resonating with Jeff's story, know that you are not alone. I mean, the mental health issues that our nomad friends have, like, yes. there's a reason half my clients are our travel friends, yes. because we're, we're like all seeking something different and growing. And as Jeff said, don't let it if you're like, I have this, it's preventing me from traveling, you know, one, maybe it will it will help you in ways. You might also have some really hard times. You know, we, we share the truth on this podcast, right? Like you uh-huh. might be in a time where it gets harder and you might be better in your life overall. But I think the takeaway here is you still can, you know, find you work with your therapist. You can find ways, you can still live your life. And and like as Jeff has experienced, like it's, it's this travel has really helped you know, with, with these sort of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you can do it and please do write us in. If you, at hello at btcommute.com, if you resonated, if you have any more questions, if there's any spinoff kind of topics or episodes you'd love for us to do. And I feel like I've run into people like even in the last couple of weeks, Jeff, this yeah. is why I was like, we need to do this episode because I feel like it's been relevant. So for a lot of people I've actually been coming encounter with in my travels who need this. So thank you for, sharing and i did google can i give you the quote it says <laughs> if you fail to plan then you plan to fail ah i've heard Think that, about that one I, for a second. I do know that one <laughs> i was yeah. like it's on the tip of my tongue but it's it's too late i haven't eaten dinner i couldn't think of it but <laughs> overall that's that but yeah if you want to get on our email list we send out two if you're not yet traveling we send out two remote jobs every single week that you can do and we send out other great nomad information and info about the podcast so go to beachcommute.com backslash email to jump on our email list anything else people need to do no jeff before we before we hop off no it's also really helpful for us if you can rate our podcast on spotify or <laughs> the apple store um helps us with our feedback it helps us keep doing this kind of thing so yeah if you just it just takes you five seconds if you just help us out with that awesome Uh, that's about it oh yeah and and shoot us a note hello at beachcommute.com is the best place to get us so if you have any questions on any of this stuff or have more podcast recommendations you want to hear about that's how we generate a lot of ideas yes send it on over yeah Absolutely, yeah. This podcast is literally because uh-uh. someone sent us and was like, please talk more about this and, and have more. So we really do listen. We we love to do it. So thanks for writing back. Thanks for the review. Yeah, open up your phone or wherever you're listening and just tap the little stars of a follower or whatever on your listening device. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.